Welcome to the GDPR Stand Up Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping you succeed with GDPR compliance. Your host is Rocio Beza. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. I'm Rocio Baeza, the host of the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast, and welcome to episode 22. This is is part two of a four-part series that I started with episode 21, where I am sharing the path to GDPR compliance to my company, Cybersecurity Base. In last week's episode, episode 21... We talked about the things that apply to cybersecurity base, what of the 10 GDPR components actually apply. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the gaps. Um, So if you are a new listener, uh, welcome. And I encourage you to actually uh, go back to episode 21 before you listen to episode 22. And if you are a regular listener, uh, well, welcome back. So I am going to be just doing a a quick reminder as to why I am talking about this. So in last week's episode, um, I I mentioned it, but I think it's worth mentioning it here too. So by being open and having just a very candid discussion about my company's GDPR compliance journey, I think that it allows me to do a couple of things. One, it allows me to walk the walk and talk the talk. It allows uh, my company to do uh, the, the very exact things that we advise our clients to do. And I see that as a differentiator. Uh, number two, I think this is a great uh, teaching opportunity where those of, of us that are in the data pri- privacy space and are looking to continue to learn more about how other companies are adopting data privacy into how they uh, run the business. I think this is a great uh, teaching opportunity to do exactly that. And I think most importantly, I think that this is a great way of just keeping it real. When it comes to data security, we don't have it all together. We really don't. I have been in the cybersecurity space for about a decade now. And uh, I tell others that I, when I'm working with organizations, I feel like I am seeing the same problems over and over again. It's just different parameters, different uh, sizes, different industries, different budgets, different uh, personalities. And by solving the same problem, just with different parameters, I think that it has given me a unique perspective on um, okay, what are the things that can work for this organization given the parameters that we, we have? And uh, let, let's see. Um, I think it's also important to say that um, when we talk about data security, it has been my experience that when we are talking about it internally, uh, we are very open with sharing the struggles, the challenges, how we can, uh, for the most part, have more support from other organizations. And when we're talking about data security or data privacy externally, whether it be with a new partner, with a client, with our customers, and even with auditors or regulators, I think we are very careful with what we say. We are very careful with the words that we use and how we talk about data security. 
it's 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 a it's a very interesting dynamic that I've seen in the three years or so that I've been doing consult consulting around this that it's very hard to um, to talk about data security and um, by me doing this series and just keeping it real I feel that um, you might be able to relate to some of the challenges that I'll be talking about in this episode and as we continue in the series and it's 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 hard so what I'm doing this is not something that a company will ever come out and say publicly I think that a company will for the most part not plan on publicly disclosing or all right what my security gaps are but I would say that being the CEO and the founder of cybersecurity base I, I I I can take this on if there's any blowback from me being open ab- about this it will be contained to just me now I do realize or I, I have plans to grow this consulting practice and eventually have uh, a team that is supporting me but I feel like because it's just me right now um, I think that I am a gr- in a great position to be able to talk about this and if there is any blowback it it, it will only impact me it will only impact uh, the bottom line of my company it will not have a tangible impact to anybody that is working uh, for me so I think this is a perfect time for me to do this uh, so that I can do my part in uh, keeping it real and uh, just taking you behind the curtains and helping you see how I am tackling this for cybersecurity base. Okay. And uh, so I think, I think I've, I've said what I want to say for the intro. Uh, now let's uh, go ahead and dive in uh, to episode 22. So um, again, just as a reminder in last week's episode, episode 21, I shared the GDPR items that apply to my company. You, if you have been following us along, you're probably already familiar with the 10 GDPR components. So this is a resource that I created for myself as I was uh, trying to understand GDPR. And it's a resource that I have available publicly on our website, gdprstandup.com. And in last week's episode, I shared which of the 10 GDPR components apply to cybersecurity base. And I will say that any company's GDPR responsibilities, it it depends on a number of of things. It depends on on the data that the company holds. It depends on the source of that data. In other words, where is that data coming from? Who is providing that? And the internal use of that data. I will, this is not the first time that I'm saying this and I will be repeating this until I turn blue. Some companies will need to do everything that GDPR requires and other companies would only need to do a subset of these things. And it really comes down to uh, the th- three things that I just mentioned, what data your company holds, uh, the source of that data and the internal use of that data. All right, so for the GDPR gaps, for cybersecurity base, uh, let me give you a quick breakdown. So there are a total of seven components that apply to cybersecurity base. And from these seven, this is how it breaks down. So cybersecurity base is compliant with one 
of the GDPR components. It is partially compliant with three. What that means is that we have something substantial in place, but it needs some work. Some of the GDPR requirements are addressed, but not all of them. And in terms of full gaps, we have three. Uh, three GDPR components where we have nothing substantial in place. And you might have noticed I'm, s I'm intentionally using the word we uh, just to re relay that I'm referring to the company as a whole. Okay, so let's talk about the component where we are compliant with right now. So that would be internal record keeping. So we we are doing this. I do have a data inventory. It's a table where I list all the data points that my company holds. I record what that data point is, where it came from, the IT system that it is stored in, and the business purpose for that data point. Uh, this has been created, this is up to date, and we update this whenever we have a new system or there is a significant change in how we run the business. So this is the only uh, component where I can say, yes, we are fully compliant here. We are fully compliant with our internal record keeping obligations. Let's dive into those items where uh, we are partially compliant with. So those three things are, let's see. Those three things are, we are partially compliant with having an operationalized information security program. We are partially compliant with third-party contracts and we are partially compliant with uh, demonstrating compliance and if if this is the first time that you're listening about the 10 gdpr components please uh go ahead and check out this resource uh, you can find it at gdprstandup.com so let's talk about the first one having an operationalized information security program so we are doing this but it needs to be docu documented so I, I at the top of the episode i mentioned how i've been in the cybersecurity space for almost a decade now so i'm very familiar with uh data security controls uh the appropriate times where it makes sense to have certain data security controls and these have been implemented along the way uh, I have things like my my work laptop that's encrypted so that if it's ever lost or stolen, uh, whoever gains access to the laptop is not able to gain access to the data that is on the laptop. I also have two-factor authentication enabled on the IT systems that I use. Um, especially those um, that have either personal information about a person or confidential information about one of my clients. Security audit is something that I have done in the past and that I continue to do. And in that, I have learned the importance of documentation. If the only way that you're able to evidence, the only way that you're able to prove that you are doing something that you are doing, uh, you need to be able to uh, have it in writing. If you don't have it in writing, uh, it's not evidenced. Uh, and it, for all intensive purposes, from a security audit standpoint, um, it's difficult to uh, evidence it. So 
when it comes to having an operationalized information security program, Cybersecurity Base has implemented a number of data security and data privacy controls um, at the people level, at the process level, at the technology level, but that needs to be documented. The next item where we are partially compliant with are third-party contracts. So we are doing this in in the in in that we have agreements in place with either service providers that we're using and other partners that we are working with, but we can actually tighten this up, um, and we can tighten it up so that it's. Uh, clear as to who is responsible for what. And that is a takeaway that I have uh, identified as part of this four-part series. And I will say that the reason that this is important is because whenever whenever you're whenever one organization is working with another organization and there is an exchange of information, by having good third-party contracts, you're making it very clear as to who is responsible for what, and we are legally, uh, we are entering into a legal agreement where we are saying these are the things that we are going to do, and it's very crystal clear uh, who those responsibilities it fault or or how those responsibilities are going to be fulfilled. Now, let me talk about the last partial gap. So the last partial gap uh, that applies to cybersecurity base is demonstrating compliance. The reason that I'm calling this a partial gap is because um, the only way for us to be able to demonstrate that we are in full compliance is by um, by going through this four-part series exercise, identifying what applies to cybersecurity base. We covered that in last week's episode by identifying what the gaps are. That's what we're doing right now in this episode. By addressing the gaps, right? By actually correcting that. We'll we'll be talking about that in next week's episode. And then by getting into a mode where, into a maintenance where, a maintenance mode where we continue to do what we need to do. And if there's any changes in the business, whether it be people, technology, or processes, we are reviewing that and adjusting things so that we continue to be a GDPR compliant. So until we go through a full cycle of those four steps, that is the only time where we can able to, where we are able to say that we can demonstrate com- that we are compliant. And that is why I am listing this as a partial gap. All right. So we talked about the one component that we are fully compliant in. We talked about the three components that we are partially compliant in. And now let's talk about the three components where we are, where we have a full gap. What what that means is we don't have anything substantial in place for these uh, GDPR components. So those components are the privacy policy, individual rights, and breach notifications. So let's cover this one by one the privacy policy. So you might be wondering, why haven't I addressed it? Um, Simply put, I haven't addressed it because it hasn't come up as an issue. In the consulting space, it's not really expected. 
And also because my company holds uh, a limited amount of personal information. For all these reasons, I have deprioritized having a privacy policy. And I'm not saying this as a way to share what my excuses, but just to be very real as to why this has not been addressed. I think that uh, many, many organizations and I think startups in particular will empathize with me in saying that like we only have a limited amount of time in a day and we have to be very strategic with how we are spending our time. So in the last year and a half that my company has been in business, my focus has been on growing, on establishing ourselves in in working with organizations that need help. And our focus has been uh, establishing ourselves and growing. And it hasn't been until very recently that that set of priorities has included, hey, we want to be able to say that we we too comply with GDPR. So because that is now a priority in the roadmap for cybersecurity base, that is why we are addressing it right now. And and just so that you, you know where I'm at right now with the privacy policy. So I have an early draft. Uh, so in next week's episode, I'm going to be going into a deeper dive into how I am addressing these these gaps and how we are remediating that. But uh, for now, I can say that for the privacy policy, I do have an early draft. I will be looping in my attorney so that we can get that up to snuff and it meets all the requirements that it needs to 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 have. But it also it's meeting the requirements in a way that I feel good about and and i'll explain more what i mean by that next week let's talk about individual rights gdpr affords a number of individual rights to individuals so things like the right to erasure also known as the right to be forgotten uh, the right to access and so forth and this is a gap and the reason that i haven't addressed this is because we haven't had a person reach out to me saying that they want to exercise their gdpr rights and for that reason i have not prioritized this now in terms of what i have now so we do have a checklist so that we know, all right, if someone exercises any of their rights, these are the the things that have to be carried out. And I do have those checklists and those parameters and templates in place, but I haven't given it a full pass to make sure that uh, it aligns with how cybersecurity base does business. I would say that we have a starting baseline, and these are the baselines that I use when I work with organizations but for anyone that has undertaken this kind of work you know or I think you might agree with with me that that it's important to cust to customize things uh templates are templates and checklists are a great way to have a baseline and to get started but it always makes sense to go through the process of customizing these uh processes and templates so that it fits with the organization So I do have checklists and starter templates in place so that I know 
what I would do if someone says, hey, I want to exercise my right to be forgotten. I want to know what kind of personal information you hold about me. Uh, but I should really customize these so that they are ready to go. And as soon as I, re I receive a request, I am able to uh, uh, turn that around. The other gap that we have is that uh, breach no no notification. So we have not been in a position where we have uh, detected a breach of personal information. And I would say that that's probably the main driver for not having this uh this addressed and similarly to individual rights i do have checklists and templates that would guide me as to what i would need to do in the event of a data breach but uh because we have not detected that this has actually happened um we haven't gone through the process of taking those starter point checklists and templates and customizing that for a cybersecurity base. So uh, these are all gaps that we are aware of. These are gaps that we have made a priority to remediate. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that process in next week's episode. So just to uh, tie things up with a bow, uh, for cybersecurity base, there are seven, uh, seven of the 10 GDPR components apply to cybersecurity base and we are fully compliant with one with that internal record keeping we are partially compliant with three um, we are partially compliant with having an operationalized information security program third-party contracts and demonstrating compliance and we have full gaps with uh, the privacy policy individual rights and breach no notification as we ramp down our episode, I want to let, let you know that it was a it was challenging for me to record this episode. It requires just being very open and sharing lots of information that companies typically don't share or don't admit publicly. But I think that my motivations are in the right place. I want to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk. And I am using this as a teaching opportunity so that other data privacy professionals or other professionals that have inherited data privacy responsibilities can uh, feel a little bit more at ease in knowing that they're not alone. So, and I'm talking to, to you, um, you're not alone. Solving data privacy challenges for any organization is challenging. And by me being very open about the data privacy challenges for cybersecurity base, I, th I hope to keep things real and be open about, hey, implementing something like GDPR, it's hard. It's hard. It takes time. It takes work. It takes energy. Like anything important, it needs to be prioritized. And we need to be able to feel comfortable in reaching out to others and asking for help. And by me recording this series, I'm hoping to do my part in just making this topic more accessible, more approachable, and so that you could feel like 
you too can solve something like this. You may not know everything, but by just realizing and admitting that you can use some help, that other people like you are struggling this just as much as you are, uh, I, I hope that you feel a little bit more empowered to be able to tackle this for your organization. So as uh, we wrap things down, I just want to uh, invite you to come back and listen into next week's podcast where we are going to be talking about how I am addressing the gaps that I just talked about. And I'm going to leave you with two calls to action. The first one is if you have a, a question, maybe you have a comment on this series or you want to you want me to clarify something that I talked about, why don't you go ahead and submit it and we may be covering it in an upcoming episode. So um, you can find a link to our Google form to submit the, these uh, either in the show notes for this episode or on our website at gdprstandup.com. And call to action number two is, Hey, if you're looking for outside help and are interested in working with me, send me an email. I, I help organizations with GDPR. Uh, think things like readiness, audit, remediation, and training. If you're listening to this real time, we are approaching the one-year mark. I realize that you may have this uh, in order at your organization, or you may be in the middle. And you may also be in a position where you haven't quite tackled this and you need some help. If you're looking for outside help, uh, I am available. And I am also helping organizations with CCPA. This is the California Consumer Privacy Act. And I also help organizations with PCI. So if this is something that you're interested in, email me. Let's talk about what you need help with. And my email address is rocio at cybersecuritybase.com. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you next week. Goodbye, guys. Thanks for listening to the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast. If you need additional help, please check us out at gdprstandup.com. Until next time.